Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Under the Stained Glass, the podcast where we take a look at what we talked about in church last Sunday and then approach it again from a family angle. Mm -hmm. I'm Pastor Chris here at Magnolia Park United Methodist Church in Burbank, and I'm here with our Children and Families Director, Ms. Whitney. Hi, everyone. And this past month, we've begun a new series called A Life Worthy, and we're looking at the book of Colossians in which Paul talks about what it is to live a life worthy of the Lord, and particularly verses in the beginning in chapter 1 and verse 10, where he talks about pleasing God in every way, in bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God, and then being strengthened with all the power according to God's glorious might so that we might have endurance and patience. It sounds really awesome, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to have that. But to do all of those things, or at least be attempting to let the Holy Spirit empower us to do all of those things is the beginning of living a life that's worthy of God, who's given us this opportunity to be new creations in Him, as we talked about last week. Right. And it does sound really good to be able to bear that good fruit and to grow in that knowledge and that understanding of God, which ultimately I know, at least for me, that is the goal is uh-huh. to know him more and more. And then, yeah, those things that come with it, the, you know, the power according to his glorious might and the strength and the patience and endurance and those things are really hard for everybody to get to, but yeah. you know, I, I look at myself and I say, especially me. So those are really good things that sound really great. And Paul tells us in this letter that that's what God's ultimate goal is for us when we mm-hmm. live a life worthy of Him, and that's it's a cool promise, and it's a cool thing to really strive for in our journey and our our walk with Jesus. Yeah, and of course, Paul, you know, sets this up by just encouraging the Colossians, the people in the Colossian church, about the opportunity they have to really live into their faith. He calls it the faith and the love that springs from the hope that's stored up for them in heaven. Just that they've had this opportunity to grab hold of the truth of Christ and and all that that means for making us into new people. And I think Paul also talks about making a new world. Mm-hmm. That he has a lot of hope for the entire world because of the way that the gospel is changing the lives of those individuals. And yeah. and we're all part of that. Yeah. And we kind of buy into that. We really start to live that faith. Mm-hmm. And again, trying to live that life worthy of that hope and that promise, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's cool that, that he includes all of us and says that, you know, if we start with us, mm-hmm. if we start trying to live that life worthy, you don't know where, how it can end. It yeah. could end with this whole world looking more and more like Christ and that worthy life and, and bearing that good fruit and being more patient and enduring in circumstances and all those things that we really yeah. want. It can grow to to be a real worldly change. Yeah. Well, I love this list. I mean, it's it's buried in this passage, but it's really kind of cool that these are some of the marks of living a life that's worthy of that hope that we find in Christ. And, you know, some of them, I think I can say, well, I can see that in myself a little bit. Right. You know, <laughs> other ones I feel like, you know, I want to see be manifest a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I think that the point is to really be praying for that to be empowered by the Holy Spirit right. to do those things. Well, Paul is 
writing the letter, of course, because people are losing confidence in those things, actually, right. and in their ability to do that. They're yeah. losing their confidence in even understanding or remembering the basics of the gospel. So Paul gets right in there, and we talked about this on Sunday, with reminding them of who Jesus is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that begins in verse 15, where he's talking about how Jesus is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know who God is, there's Jesus right there for us to look at, that he's the firstborn or has authority over all creation, that he actually is the creator. So he's getting down to helping them remember that Jesus has all these attributes and that he really is God, mm-hmm. you know, and that that should change the way not only that we worship him, but also relate to him, I think. Right. It's really cool to see all that Christ is. It's a kind of a overwhelming sort of thing because Christ is God, right? He's like Paul says, he's the visible image of the invisible God. So he is God. He's that image of God that we have. He's big and mm-hmm. he is powerful and he is mighty. And that's a really cool image and it's a really cool way in which we can understand who he is especially in our worship when we're understanding that he is a part of god he is god and how we relate to him as our you know our lord and it's really cool i was just telling you earlier when we were talking about this podcast that i read this to a few youth earlier this week or last week and It was funny because afterwards I asked them, you know, how does this image of Christ as fully God, Mm -hmm. as God, really help you to relate and worship to him? And they said, well, obviously it makes me want to worship him, makes me want to, to praise him, to, you know, go to him. But to relate to him, that's a little bit harder because I can't relate to to somebody who is fully God. I can't relate to somebody that big. I'm not that big. And that's a fair thing to say because Christ is big he should he should feel you know bigger than we are it should feel when we're talking about his might and his power and who he is as god should feel a little bit overwhelming in Mm -hmm. a way to us where we don't possess that where he's separate from us in that way and so i said yeah that's fair that's fair to not be able to relate to that but it is really cool to understand that power and to want to worship and to praise in that way and to want to maybe live a life worthy of him Mm -hmm. jesus in that way understanding that he is god yeah i mean the to me the one of the coolest thing he says is he's sums it up by saying that Jesus is before all things. Mm-hmm. Again, the creator. He's he's part of that Godhead who yeah. created everything. Uh, the earth that he came into yeah. and the humanity that he suffered for and sure. with is the earth and the humanity that he created. Yeah. So he's before all things. And in him all things hold together, which I really love. Because yeah. it just reminds us that no matter how great we think we are as human beings, right. really, no. Yeah, (laughs) it's Christ that holds all of that together and the arc of history is really in his hands. Mm -hmm. So that's super humbling. And like you're saying, it ought to be humbling to think of, remember that Jesus is God, that Jesus is that big. So it should be humbling, but at the same time, it should also be, it can be reassuring to know that he's got us in his hands and that 
it's his great love that drove him to abandon all that glory yeah, yeah. <laughs> to come into the world to show us right. who he is. In other words, that image, when you look at Philippians chapter 2, Paul goes right to that where he says that Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, mm -hmm. something to throw his weight around on the world with, right. but rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. Mm. So we understand that all of that great stuff that Paul talks about in Colossians, and all those big attributes of God, he set all of that aside for our sake so that we can relate to him right and i think that's where what you were doing with the youth was so great to help them first and it's kind of what paul's doing too yeah. help everybody remember who he really is yeah. but then realize what he's really done right know? right and that's that's a big portion of it too is that we have to remember that though like you said though christ is fully god he has all that power he he did he did still take that humble role mm -hmm. to come down to earth and to relate to us and that's a big thing is to, to become like us when he was very set apart from us you know we're not like Jesus the the God Jesus mm -hmm. but we can be like Jesus the man Jesus and that's a really cool thing like when I was talking to those youth end of last week earlier this week and I was talking to them specifically about Jesus being fully God and fully man, and how do you relate to him? You know, they struggled with that too. Being able to relate to the fully man, perfect man that Jesus was, was hard for them because they do have that image of mm -hmm. the greatness that he is as God. So they understand the perfection that goes into that. And they say, well, if he's fully man, I should be able to relate to him, but I'm still really flawed. Yeah. And I said, but the good thing is, is that Jesus understands that he had to go, although he, he didn't sin when he went through the things that we went through, he's gone through those things that we go through. And so he lived a life worthy mm -hmm. and just like we're called to live a life worthy. He achieved that and gives us hope that we can too, because he went through all those things that, that we're going to go through all those trials, those decisions we have to make all those times where we can be strengthened in our Lord and strengthened in that God's power that Jesus might have had on his own because he is God, mm -hmm. but he chose to, you know, turn to the Father in those times and, and be strengthened in that way that we, it's showing us that we can do that as well. Yeah. And so we can truly relate to him in, you know, the way that Paul relates him to us here that, you know, though he is God, he was God. He didn't see himself as equal. He came down yeah. to our level where we are not equal to God. Yeah, like he chose that, which yeah. is really cool and which is helpful. I mean, because that's a, that is a, it's one of those mind bending things, you right. know, and it makes sense where people will say, especially I think young people will say, well, yeah, you know, Jesus suffered on the cross, but it probably didn't bother him that much because he's right. God, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're thinking more like, Superman, yeah, you know, but Jesus really set that aside so that he could undergo that humility, tremendous humility and suffering and pain of being part of humanity. But as you say, the difference is 
that pain, that humility, that suffering didn't cause him to sin. Yeah. And that's where we can call on his power to help us live a life worthy even under those conditions to also avoid sin even under those tough conditions. I think kids can even understand that, I think, if you put it that way, I guess. I think so. And I think that something that they need to remember is that Paul, when he writes this, living a life worthy, when he's talking about that for us, he understands, just like God understands, that we're not going to make it fully there. We're not perfect. So we're not always going to bear this fruit that we're supposed to be bearing as we're living a life worthy. We're just, we're going to try to do that as much as possible. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that when, when we set that bar there saying, you know, this is the ultimate bar. But it's okay if you're just a little bit under. That's mm-hmm. okay. Sure. Because, you know, you're human. You're you're not Jesus. You're not that perfect example. You're not going to get there yet. Maybe on the other side of this this mm-hmm. time, you know, we're here when we get to, when we finally get to heaven. Yes, of course. But yeah, it's a good thing to help them to understand so that they have something that is a goal right. that they can relate to and they can see that Jesus, you know, did all those things that we did and that he reached this goal and that we can strive for it too. But then also giving them that leeway and that grace to say, you know, it's okay if you mess up. It doesn't mean that this is ultimately gone for you. Right. And that's good for them to know. Good for them to know and really important for them to know because that is one of the most important doctrines of the church that mm-hmm. we need to be teaching our children yeah. and taking two passages like this, like the Colossians passage where you're looking at nine through or 15 through 19. It's that big descriptors. And then even looking at John chapter one verses one through five, yeah. we're talking about the godly character of Jesus, but then looking at Philippians chapter two verses six through eight. And then finding the way in your own words to help your children understand just how awesome that is, yeah. that you have this God. And they understand greatness, yeah. but to understand setting aside greatness, that's even cooler and really important. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, we're glad that you guys came along and visited with us today. Of course, if you're ever in Burbank, we invite you to worship with us at 1030 here at Magnolia Park. And in the meantime, we just hope you have a blessed week with your family and with your kids and that you find your way to bear good fruit and live a life worthy of that great God. So we'll see you next week. Bye.